Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. If that doesn't get you excited for baseball season, the Twins, nothing will. Hello, welcome to a bonus scoops edition, which we always record on Tuesdays. Judd Zolgad, executive producer Declan Goff, and the star of the show, the master of the scoops here at Score North, and also jack of all trades, Channel 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, Darren Doogie Wolfson. And we just saw, what, the arrival there, Declan, of Carlos Correa? Yeah, it was, I was from over the weekend, I believe. Uh, yes. Who cares? Doesn't matter. I'm jacked. I'm excited. Tell us more about how I think it's it's not hyperbole. One of the most shocking free agent acquisitions in Twins history, if not the most shocking, probably. Tell us more, Darren, about how this all went down so that when I woke up on Saturday, I was greeted with a, a bunch of tweets that I looked at about three times and said, these look like they might be fake, but they weren't. I am with you. Good afternoon, Judd. Good afternoon, Declan. I found out, Judd, Droogie, my now 11-year-old, <laughs> as of earlier this month. So it was 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. He comes running. I actually fell asleep downstairs watching one of the late-night college hoops games. Fell asleep in the Lazy Boy. So he comes running downstairs screaming. Oh. He has his own cell phone for his 10th birthday just because – Baseball practice, basketball practice, hanging out with his hey. buddies. We thought it made sense. It no wasn't judgment. that expensive. No judgment. So he has a cell phone. So he has the ESPN app, and he saw the alert. And he goes, Dad, the Twins signed Carlos Correa. I said, what the bleep? <laughs> I then run to grab my phone. There are some text messages. Yes, guilty as charged. I fell asleep. I had done TV the night prior. It ends up taking enough out of me. So I dozed off. So unfortunately, I did not see some of the text messages at one something in the morning until Droogie woke me up at 630. How it transpired. So Judd, the twins were sick of waiting on Trevor Story. The twins were willing to pay Trevor Story a lot of money. Simultaneously, they were always in constant contact with Scott Boros. You think about it. Lockout ends. Scott Boros has all these clients. Yusei Kikuchi, Carlos Rodon, Michael Conforto, Castellanos, Chris Bryant, and 
Carlos Correa. Scott Boros, post-lockout, controlled free agency. It was Scott Boros who drove the bus. Yes, the Twins have been in contact with Scott. Heck, they made a serious run at both Kikuchi and Rodon. So the Twins have been maintaining dialogue with Boros, but it was Boros who drove the bus on Correa here to Minnesota. He circled back to the New York Yankees, tried to get the Yankees engaged. The Yankees passed. The Astros would not go beyond five years on an offer. So Boros looked at it and said, okay, I can make my client, my new client, he just hired me. I can make my new client the highest paid infielder, not middle infielder, infielder in Major League history. For one season, there is not an infielder that has ever made $35.1 million. We also have the hammer with the player options after this year, after next year. I promise you, Judd, Carlos Correa was not signing an outright three-year, $105.3 million deal with the Twins. The key was player option after year one, player option after year two. The Twins said, okay, we saved all this money with Josh Donaldson. We have these grand aspirations. 89 losses a year ago bugs us. Let's do something about it. We have this financial flexibility. Let's do something about it. Yes, we need to give up a pretty good draft pick. Remember, he was tendered a qualifying offer by the Astros. So the Twins do need to sacrifice a relatively decent draft pick. It's in the 60s. It's not their first round pick, number eight overall, but they do need to give up a pretty good draft pick. But, hey, they figured, why not do this? We have this gaping hole at shortstop. Why not sign the best shortstop in the game? And I get it, Judd. Somebody can make a case for the Red Sox shortstop. If you want to make a case for Lindor, any number of other names. But, frankly, the Twins now have, and I can make a strong case for it, the best shortstop in all of the game. How close did they come, then, ultimately, to signing Trevor Story? Well, I mean... There were different proposals, you know, sent his agent's way, J.D. Smart of of Excel Sports Management. And Trevor was was just, he was taking his time. Like, I had one Twins official tell me that their sense, well, twofold, that their sense was Trevor Story was waiting on Carlos Correa, thinking if Correa ends up, say, back in Houston, does that put the pressure on some other teams? Or, hey, if Correa ends up, Heck, he ends up here in Minnesota. Does Houston then make a sizable offer? Trevor Story, a Texas native. So this Twins official, high-ranking official, who was knee-deep in these in these negotiations, said, our sense is he's waiting on Carlos Correa. I also was told by a high-ranking Twins official, Friday morning, 8.15 a.m., I guess it would have been 9.15 Fort Myers time, 8.15 a.m. Central time, Friday morning, that Judd, This high-ranking Twins official told me his gut feeling was Carlos Correa was going to re-sign with the Astros. So that just tells you how much changed over the course of about 16 hours Friday afternoon, Friday evening, as it got past midnight Friday. This feels to me, Dukes, like a win-win. And I know it might be a year. In fact, it very well could be a year. Uh, but with where this team w- was at in terms of excitement, which was, in my opinion, on a scale of 1 to 10, probably a 0, um, this feels like it's worst case he walks. 
but it's a great gamble. It's a great chance. And because you're giving up a draft pick, but not a current player, it doesn't feel like from either side here, short of Korea actually being hurt or something like that, Darren, that there's a lot of lose here. It feels like both sides accomplished something short term. And the Twins, if nothing else, just get a quick infusion of life with a signing that is obviously going to be a big deal. I was with one of the Twins. Yeah, I do agree. I was with one of the Twins senior ticket guys on Sunday. Let's just say there was a charge at the box office, maybe more so online, but they sold a number of tickets after the Korean news broke. Now, maybe that's just... You know, with opening day fast approaching, no. Doogie, I'm 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 yeah. literally meeting with so- I'm, I'm putting in my word for a season ticket plan. This has literally got me as someone who could. And by the way, I'm privileged. I can go. I can get credentials. I can go to games for free and watch in the press box. No, I want the fourteen dollar beers. This is what Carlos Correa has done to my wallet. I now want to yeah, spend money. I saw your tweet. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were being serious or not, Declan, but. Thank you for verbalizing that. So Declan is on board. Yeah. Declan has reached out to the Twins about purchasing season tickets. So there was a charge over the weekend. Yeah, Judd, outside of him suffering some sort of catastrophic injury in April or May that derails his entire season, like, yes, on win-win. Like, even if the Twins struggle mightily, they could trade him at the deadline in late July and get back a good prospect or two. Sure. That's not the idea. Trust me, the Twins look at it and say, you know what, with the extra playoff spot, six teams now make the playoffs in each league, six playoff teams in the American League. Right. We absolutely can capture one of those playoff spots. Yes, more work to do, but the Twins are not thinking along the lines of, hey, this thing could go south, could go sideways. We'll have to trade Correa in July. No, the Twins are feeling like, hey, he's going to be here all year. Let's see if we can convince him. But, yeah, I mean, the signs point to Judd. He turns 28 in September. Like, I think it's very appealing to be on the open market as a 28-year-old. Yes. So, like, all signs point to him electing free agency in November. That being said, there will be some good shortstops available. Trey Turner, Bogarts. Like, it's still a pretty crowded free agent shortstop class. And, again, I'm making the case he is the best You know, so if he backs up the great year last year, no reason to think he can't, he still will be the best free agent shortstop available in November. But even if he does elect free agency, maybe he really thoroughly enjoys his time here that the Twins can work out at that point a long-term deal. I just know this much. The Twins are very, very excited as well they should be, and many fans are excited. To me, there is no downside to this. And let me add one more note. Let's go back to the 2012 draft. If the Astros had taken Byron Buxton, number one overall, I can tell you 100% certainty after checking with multiple people. Remember, the Twins still have some people that were involved in the 2012 draft still employed. Mm -hmm. Carlos Correa would have been their pick at two. So if Buxton goes one in 2012, the Twins 100%. It would not have been Kevin Gossman or Zanino or somebody else. Carlos Correa was their pick at number two in 2012. Now they have Buxton and Correa. Speaking of what's next now, uh, as far as the quest for probably right now at least one more quality starting arm, where do things stand? And do you think that the Twins now, since they definitely appear at least for 22 to be all in in some ways, 
that they would trade a top prospect for pitching help if there was term left attached to that person's contract? Yes. In the case of Frankie Montes, who has two years remaining, the He's Oakland the A starter. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he would be the one that, yeah, the Twins know the price is absurdly high. Look at the trades the A's have already made. Chapman, Olsen, Bassett. Look at those three returns. Mets, Jays, Braves. The A's got back sizable returns. So, yes, the Twins are well aware that the price is very, very high. There are a number of teams in on Montes. I mean, heck, the Angels. I don't think the A's are making a deal in division. Plus, the Angels don't have a good farm system. But the Angels have inquired. There are a bunch of teams interested in Frankie Montes. But make no mistake, the Twins continue talking to the Oakland A's about Montes. And, hey, admittedly, the price for Sean Manaya is going to be less. He has only one year remaining. My sense is the Twins do prefer Frankie Montes. But if the price ends up being significantly cheaper for Manaya, trust me, the Twins would happily take Sean Manaya. But I'm just telling you, the preference is Frankie Montes. They also remain engaged with the representative for Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto, debatably at this point. <laughs> that doesn't do a lot I for mean, Maybe teams. it's not even a debate. I think he's the best free agent starter still available. I mean, everybody's come off the board. Michael Pineda now off the board. I was surprised, Judd. The Twins did not make Pineda an offer in the end. He is now a Detroit Tiger. They certainly had dialogue with his representation. They did make Zach Granke. I don't know if we talked about this last Thursday or not, Judd. They did make Zach Granke a very competitive offer. That was more about comfort. You think about Granke's history, social anxiety, depression, those battles well-documented. This was about comfort. Granke still knows a number of people in the Royals organization. He was a Royal a number of years ago. Doogie, let's say uh, the conversations with Oakland in regards to Montas, they come back and say, well, you guys got a great prospect pool, right? Um, If push came to shove and Oakland asked for either Royce Lewis or Austin Martin, because I I, I do think Dukes at at the end of the day, it's probably going to be one of those two dudes going back, right? Which one do you think the Twins would be more engaged to give up to get Montas? Well, I mean, if I'm Oakland... Yes, you've seen Royce play a little bit here in these spring training games, but he really hasn't played a competitive game, a real game, in two years. Like, it's hard for me to believe that they would prefer him over Austin Martin. Like, Austin Martin, it's not like he's on the 40, man. It's not like his clock has started. So you still have all this control of Austin Martin. So, Declan, it's a good question. It's a little bit of conjecture more so on my end. But, like, it's hard for me to believe that the A's would say, give me Royce Lewis over Austin Martin. What's the glove work like at shortstop between those two players' prospects? Do we know? Martin and Lewis? Yes. I mean, I think Lewis projects as the safer bet long-term to be a shortstop. Okay. That Martin, you know, more than likely ends up somewhere else. That's, you know, from conversations with Alex Hass and some others with the Twins. I mean... I haven't studied Judd, you know, both guys like intimately. Martin's played more more positions, right? Based on conversations with others. Martin has moved around. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he played some third base at Vanderbilt. He played a little bit in the outfield last year. He can transition to second base. I'd have to look on baseball reference or some other website to see how many professional games he's played at second base. But yes. There is position flexibility there. Gotcha. All right, on to the Wolves. Tough loss against the Mavericks in Dallas on 
what would this have been, Monday night. But, Dukes, I think there is no question now that we definitely are seeing a maturing team, uh, a team that is, uh, you know, quite possibly going to make the top six and and avoid the playing round. I think as we record this, they're a half game back of Denver right now, but that's that's has the potential to go back and forth. Uh, on the Wolves, what's your sense of where things stand and what's their health like? Because they definitely have had some guys banged up in and out of the lineup a little bit. What's going on with them, do you think? Well, I mean, outside of Jaden McDaniels, now remember – the initial prognosis was two weeks in terms of that's a checkpoint. But I think some fans, not all, but I think some looked at it and said, okay, McDaniels is going to be back in two weeks. No. Judd, like, it'll take a minor miracle for him to be back the week of the playoffs, whether that's a playing game on April 12th or April 13th or game one of a playoff series I guess it would be that weekend, whatever that is, April 16th, April 17th. Sure. High ankle sprain. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's bad. the one big negative. Like That's real bad. You think about that game Monday night in Dallas, how much did they miss Jaden McDaniels? Think about Jaden being able to guard a Luka Doncic for stretches. They absolutely missed McDaniels in that game on Monday night. Yes, other guys are dealing with some stuff, including Cat, including Nas Reed, and- Patrick Beverly. But they're playing through Jared Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. Vanderbilt is not 100%. But those guys will be okay, you know, barring some sort of, you know, new setback. Those guys will be okay. Jaden McDaniels is the one where you're like, man, like it sure would be nice to have him back for the playoffs. And I'm not sure he'll be back. That game Monday night had a playoff feel. I still think That's the what Wolves Phil was defense. Saying. Yeah, I still think the Wolves defense is a bit leaky. Yep. I was looking at some. Some numbers I saw Dallas had 33 open looks and there is some subjectivity to what an open look is, (laughs) but that Dallas had 33 open looks. The Wolves only had 13. Hmm. That's a credit to Dallas defensive coordinator, my buddy, Sean Sweeney. He went to Creighton Durham Hall, played at St. Thomas for Johnny Tower. Sean Sweeney needs to be an NBA head coach next year. So I hope teams realize that inevitably we'll see a number of openings we always do every summer, every off season. Right. I sure hope Sean Sweeney, Jason Kidd's number one assistant, St. Paul native, gets an NBA head coaching job as soon as next year. If it's not next year, that opportunity is coming. But that bugged me. Like I still think the Wolves' defense needs some work. Elston Turner has been working, but like it still needs some work. But they are an elite offensive team. They've been the number one offense, offensive rating wise, Judd. Since January 1st, Mm -hmm. they are an elite offense. Yeah, They take a lot of threes, but they also make a lot of threes. It is a very good shooting team, a very enjoyable team to watch. Judd, I still think it's going to be hard to avoid the play-in. I do. Like, Denver plays the Clippers tonight. I think Denver finds a way to win that game. I don't think you're catching Dallas. Yeah, you got Phoenix on Wednesday. On Friday. Yeah, Chris Paul might be back, by the way. Oh, really? Chris Paul's on the Clippers. I'm going to go. Back now. Phoenix is locked in as the one. Like, if you're Phoenix, I want to see him. there's no reason to rush Chris Paul back. But they do want Chris Paul to play a few games yep. before the playoffs. So there is a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't completely ruled Chris Paul out for tomorrow. Maybe they will Good. by later today. But as of now, there is a chance, a sliver of a chance that Chris Paul returns as soon as Wednesday night. But the Wolves, heck, 
The Wolves can't complain about that because the Wolves have caught many breaks all season long. They don't have anything to apologize for, but they've caught many breaks when playing teams, when really Giannis good players on Saturday. have sat out. Yeah. Now, hey. Which stinks for the crowd. still a good team, Milwaukee is, right? Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Yeah, my buddy Scott paid good money for tickets. I feel bad for fans on that one. He was not happy. I remember the January 16th game I took Droogie to. Steph Curry misses one game. One game. Missed that game. It happened to be that game January 16th yeah. at Target Center. So the Wolves have caught enormous breaks this year. But, Jed, I remember us talking about this going back to early October, that one big key to this Wolves season was durability, availability. If Ant can play 75 games, if D'Lo can play 75 games, mm-hmm. if Cat can play 75 games, the Wolves were always going to be in good shape. Now, they are going to exceed – my preseason expectations, but I also said I would bet the over. The Vegas over-under was 34-and-a-half. I'm on record. You can find the audio. I said I would bet the over, but I thought it would be closer to 36, 37 wins. I think they're going to get to, what, 42, 43, 44, maybe even more, but I just think it's going to be hard to ultimately jump Denver. They do play Denver on April 1st. Clearly, that is a must-win game if you are to avoid the play-in tournament. I got a question for you. Is it within the rights of the rule if you vote for NBA Executive of the Year to cast a ballot for Gerson? Well, I mean, in talking with Glenn Taylor earlier this month, he didn't give me a very detailed answer, but I had to ask Glenn about Gerson. Now, I'm still trying to figure out if Glenn paid Gerson the remaining money on his contract or was there, you know, just cause there that – he didn't have to pay, and I know there was a battle there. I don't know if that's settled or not, so I get Glenn not giving me a very detailed answer. But, yeah, make no mistake about it. When talking just purely on court, the moves that Gerson Rosas has made, he did one heck of a job assembling this roster. Jared Culver was bad, bad pick, and that's about it, right? Am I missing yeah, and something beyond Jared Culver? He never Culver? even really wanted Jared Culver. He wanted Darius Garland. Yeah, so it was great. His pre-draft evaluation of Garland – was spot on. Darius Garland yeah, fantastic. is a star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know JB in Cleveland loves him. Everybody should love Darius Garland. So Gerson's evaluation of Darius Garland was spot on. He just didn't Dukes. take into account that Cleveland would actually take him at pick five. Patrick Beverly is one of the most under the radar, sneaky, great pickups of, of last summer. And there's no debate. He's been unbelievable. His impact here has been huge. I really think that that as as bad of guy as he might have been, Gerson, just from a pure basketball evaluation standpoint of that roster, deserves kudos. Well, he does. Well, and Gerson had the history with Bev in Houston, so he had the book. Sure, but on he Bev, still did but, this. Hey, that matters. Yes, yeah. that's Jimmy why Butler didn't work. There's any number of storylines: Memphis, Minnesota. That's still my hope that the Wolves, okay, they're a playing team, but that they can beat the Clippers in the 7-8 game. Yep. Target Center is a legit home court advantage. Yep. So the Wolves beat the Clippers April 12th or April 13th in that playing game, 7-seed, 8-seed. Then the Wolves are the 7-seed. Steph Curry, we don't know when Curry will be back, maybe by the playoffs, but at this point with Curry out for the rest of the regular season, I think Memphis – can seal that number two seed. So I'm rooting for two seed Memphis, oh. seven seed Minnesota. One storyline is the Grizzlies had no interest in keeping Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Remember, it was a quick trade Clippers Grizzlies. 
then it was all pre-worked out. And like, Bev wanted to be here, right? It was all planned beforehand, even though it took a couple of days for them, the Grizzlies and Wolves, to execute the trade. Bev didn't want to be here. He looked at a couple other places too, but he did have genuine interest in being here. But I'm telling you, like that to me is one of many cool storylines, Memphis, Minnesota, that the Grizzlies – who have assembled one heck of a roster. Like, the Grizzlies are one heck of a story. Oh, yeah, they're fun. But that they did not have interest. And I get it. Roster configuration. They have Tyus Jones, who's had a great year. They have Melton, who's had a good year. They have John Morant. So, like, how would Beverly have fit in? But, like, you mean to tell me Patrick Beverly would not be helping the Memphis Grizzlies right now? So that would be one of many storylines. Memphis, Minnesota, first-round playoff matchup. Viking scoops. I do know this. It's official. Sean Mannion is back. So, so the backup quarterback is now all set. Nobody be concerned. I heard Browns, Falcons, Panthers all said, "How can we get Sean?" And Mannion said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, baby, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going back with my BFF in life, Kirk Cousins." So Sean Mannion is back. Kudos to my colleague Chris Long, Sunday Night Channel Five, reporting that that was going to be a done deal. I know there was steam. Chris Thomas and others had some steam going back weeks that there was a strong likelihood this would happen. But kudos to my guy Chris Long for for spewing that Long knowledge out. Sunday night Love him. on Channel 5. Yeah, good job by, Score North by Chris. Yeah, so one year, vet minimum. It doesn't even mean he'll be on the roster. Like, let's see how training camp the preseason oh. goes. If it doesn't go well, they can easily cut Sean Mannion. But Sean Mannion back, yeah, one year, vet minimum. As far as I know, Judd, Zadarius Smith is still here in Minnesota. As we record this. The plan was dinner on Monday night for him to spend the night into Tuesday morning. Do we take him to Manny's? Is it possible? No, they now do the dinners over at the hotel oh, right okay. there at, at you know, yeah. the, the Egan Complex. Yeah. yeah, I don't know the name yeah. of the, the restaurant at the Omni Hotel, but, yeah, that's that's kind it's of no the go-to Manny's. place now. No, it's not. Now, maybe on Manny's. I didn't hear. We probably would have heard if, if they yeah. had the back room rented it. And Manny. So, yeah, I think it was at the Omni Hotel. But that was the plan, Monday night dinner, for him to spend the night into Tuesday morning. And so we're talking here at 1230 on Tuesday afternoon. I have not heard that he has bailed town. Whether he has or not, what I can tell you, I'm burying the lead here to some extent, mm-hmm. is that the Vikings absolutely want Zadarius Smith. They are making a push to wrap up a deal with Zadarius Smith. I got a question off of that. Is it to pair him with with Hunter, or is there something still? It feels like the Daniil thing's not done yet. It feels like I agree. we don't yeah. know about the bonus. We don't know if it's going to be trans. And and I'm guessing that they're. What I heard was the Vikings definitely shopped him. They didn't like the compensation packages that were offered back. Um, but it feels like there is definitely still some animosity here between the two sides. So, do you think that? The Zadarius Smith signing is to pair him with Hunter or to replace him because I'm telling you, it just feels like this is still very fluid. That's the word I would use is there's fluidity there. Like, let's not forget, Daniil Hunter wants more money. And if you immediately convert the roster bonus into a signing bonus, correct me if I'm wrong, Judd, I do not have deep knowledge of the salary cap. I go to my guy, Joe Corey, others for that sort of knowledge. Come to me, but I'll go to you. Like, if you convert the roster bonus to a signing bonus, yes, you get that immediate cap relief. 
but he also gets that money immediately. Correct, Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Right For now, him, he gets a roster bonus. He has to show up. Correct, which is why, and supposedly the contract says show up day one at training camp, which forces he, so so the Vikings have the hammer by not doing it. But that doesn't seem like a all on the same page way to do business. So you're right, but that's what makes me suspicious that this is not done yet. Well, that's why it's fair to be suspicious. That's why I'd love to give you a 100% definitive answer, but I think it's still fluid. I do. I think Zadarius Smith offers great protection in the event. They do need to eventually execute a trade on Hunter, or he is a no-show that they don't budge. They don't give him the raise that I believe I sense he is seeking. But, hey, if he's here on the first day of training camp, late July, and you've got Hunter on one side, Zadarius Smith on the other side. Yep. Hey, play ball, right? Like that would not be a bad thing, but certainly Smith would offer protection in the event something goes haywire on Hunter. Smith is coming off uh, back surgery. I think he played in one early game uh, for the Packers in the regular season, and then I think he came back in the playoff game. But my guess is that is also the primary concern of uh, potential teams because a back problem is not exactly in football conducive to a good thing. Correct. And how much money is he looking for? He had the agreement with Baltimore four years, 35, 35 and a half million. Then he changes his mind. Yeah. He sees the money the Bills gave Von Miller. He sees the money that the Raiders gave Chandler Jones. And he says, whoa, Jones got that? Miller got that? Right. Why am I only getting this? Because you, no, you had back I'm surgery. Not signing that contract. That's the conundrum. Right. You're right. He's coming off a major surgery. Not a young guy, not an old guy, but not a young guy coming off major surgery. Like, I'm not quite sure he should be getting Chandler Jones money or even Von Miller money. Right. And I know Von was reported 6120. It's not 6120 when you look at the, the full details of the deal, but the Bills are still giving Von Miller a lot of money. By the way, that points to the steam you had weeks ago that the Bills were interested in Daniil Hunter. Clearly the Bills were yeah. in the market for a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. They couldn't complete a trade for Daniil Hunter, so they sign Von Miller. Final scoop, sir. What else you go got? for basketball team? Yep. I think it would be faster for me, Judd, to list all the guys in the portal that they have not made contact with. The list of guys that they've reached out on in the portal is very, very long. I'll give you one name. I mentioned this shameless plug. There's a new Scoop podcast, episode 382, that I recorded on Monday. I mentioned in that podcast that Nelly Cummings, the Colgate kid, who just had 20 points in the game against Wisconsin the other day, he is now in the portal. I mentioned in the Scoop podcast on Monday, mm-hmm. expect the Gophers to reach out to Cummings. Well, guess what? As of Tuesday morning, Judd, the Gophers have reached out on Nelly Cummings, but as somebody who's got a vested interest in this told me this morning, like unless you have a direct connection, AAU coach, some sort of prior relationship with the player, it's hard to know if there's legit traction. So right now it's a lot of due diligence, but know that Ben Johnson, Dave Thorson, others are working the transfer portal very, very heavily. Interesting. Interesting. All right, sir. Good stuff, and we'll talk to you on Thursday on uh, Mackie and Judd, okay? And I was awaiting news. It was the deadline as of 30 minutes ago for arbitration-eligible players, teams to exchange figures. 
to try and avoid arbitration. The Twins were working hard on Taylor Rogers' contract, Louisa Rise's contract, and Gary Sanchez's contract. If I hear something, I'll put it on Twitter. Awesome stuff, Doogie. Thank you very much. Talk to you okay. soon. Bye-bye. See you, boys. Bye-bye. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.